You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. This is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. We throw these windows open and we climb through them into the world beyond, filled with all kinds of strange people, places, sights, sounds, smells... Yes, perhaps. While we are examining this world beyond the window, we're going to be asking some critical questions, such as the people in this world beyond the window. Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? What decisions are they making and why? And also, inarguably, the most important aspect, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And at the end of the show, we come together here in the 21st century And we ask the final, critical, vital, essential question, which is, and this is on behalf of all of humanity here in the modern, present-day world, this movie that we just watched, you guys, we climbed climbed through the window, we poked around, we hung out there for uh, two hours, hour and a half sometimes on a good day, two and a half on a bad day. We keep watching this thing? Do we keep hanging on to this piece of debris? of mid-century life and keep passing it on generation to generation to generation? Or do we cast it aside and let time just sort of drift it away on its sweet lulling tides off into oblivion, never to be heard or seen again? We shall find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my panel of international experts and also the smartest people that I know, starting on my left as always. Catherine Sherlock, welcome back to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, you got to be ready. Yep. It's a day of adventure, you know. I am. Okay. Very excited. I cannot wait. (laughs) Sitting on your left, as almost always, Shrishma Naik is in the house. Hey, Shrishi Boo. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) I was trying to do the Queen's hello. (laughs) Ah, Shrishma, somebody's been watching The Crown, it sounds like. Let me ask you something, Mm -hmm. Shrishma. Yes. Real quick. Is there a lot of in the crown? Yes. Is there a lot of upstairs, downstairs? A no, lot of there's only society, upstairs. a lot of oh, oh, okay. All right. We'll stop the downtown music. Right. <laughs> just no, shut it's that right just down. Upstairs. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. To both to both the, the royal family and the uh the downtons. Uh no, wait, what's what's their name? Carolyn? The Windsors. The no. Crawleys. Oh. oh. What are they? The Crowleys. The Crowleys. The Crawleys. And that... uh, And the Granthams. Lord and Lady Grantham. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Of course. I'm going to be investing all the money into railroads across Canada. Hello. Lord Grantham. Grantham is the title. Crawley is the family last name. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that voice you're hearing, of course, is my sister and yours coming to us all the way across the old Atlantic Ocean, Carolyn Narrows. Hey, sis. Hey there. Just going to paddle my tub across the Atlantic to see you guys at some point. Appreciate that. Uh, And also appreciate the trivia on the the titles and lands. Of fake people. Of fake people. (laughs) Yes. Living out at Highclere Castle, right? Um... By the way, Highclere Castle, Carolyn, do you have any trivia about that? 
it's a real place. Yes. Um, and I feel like there is a connection to like uh, the discovery of King Tutankhamun's tomb, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Is were the Carters oh. out there? Yeah, I think so. Oh. I'd have to verify Lord that. Canar- but Lord Carnarvon. One of them. I'll look it up to verify. What are you talking I'll give about? It a, like <laughs> really? Okay. So, do you know? You've heard of King Tutankhamun, right? Yes. Okay. Like King Tut. Yeah, King yeah. Tut. That's the one. Okay. You know, he was discovered by a man named Howard Carter. Okay. Who was an Englishman. Okay. Who was funded by a man named Lord Carnarvon. Okay. Um, Catherine, do you know, do you know either of those gentlemen? They are from your homeland. Uh, yeah, it is the community. Okay, okay. It is the county seat of the Earls of Carnarvon, a branch mm. of the Anglo. Okay, so it's it's family. old Carnarvon money. It's all okay, okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Anyway, all those people were cursed uh, upon opening the tomb and taking the the uh, inside bits, and uh, and they all died uh, deaths. Okay. As, uh, but you know what? So, told, so will we all. As told, so will everybody. Yeah. As told by the, the great uh, <laughs> historically real The Mummy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Historical it was, document. It was accurate. Yeah, it was practically a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and here you thought I wasn't going to have a good piece of, of goss about High Clare Castle. And Caroline, look at you. I, I hit you right in the sweet spot. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I would not have asked you if I didn't expect hot. Canarvan Goss from you, and boy, did we get it. My goodness, what a time. But speaking of raiding tombs, you guys, this (laughs) Mm -hmm. is the one. Mm -hmm. This is the one of all ones, because we're talking about 1954, Charlton Heston in Secret of the Incas. I'll just put it right out there. I quite enjoy this movie. This is obviously geared towards me, and arguably me alone. But -hmm. let's find out what the rest of the panel thinks. Starting with our one-line reviews, as we are known to do, Catherine Sherlock, do you have one for Secret of the Incas? Yes, I do. And I have to say, I was very excited to watch this film. I oh. mean, you basically, you bought me a Charlton Heston film that I did not know about. Really? And it's an epic as well. Wow. So, I mean, well, yeah. Oh, I mean, it so. tries. It is, it's an aspiring <laughs> epic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so anyway, so I have uh, proto-Indiana Jones with implausible vocals, uh, high drama and llamas. What more do you want? High drama, <laughs> high and, drama llamas. and llamas. What <laughs> more uh, could you want? That sounds like, it sounds like a Disney song. Yeah. Is that a, it's a B-side from Emperor's New Groove or something like that? Yeah, totally. Um, Shrishman Nike. Well put as ever, Catherine. Nicely done. Yeah, can okay. I can I start going first on the one line reviews because mine are never as good compared to Catherine. Okay, <laughs> no, okay, we can, we can try to let's. I feel like let's make a promise. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, the closer. Oh, okay. Do you want to go last? No, she should be the closer. Oh, Catherine's the closer. Okay, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Hers low. are so good. <laughs> Catherine, the closer, Sherlock, closer with a K. I like that. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, that's good. That's there's mm-hmm. t-shirt potential there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrishman Nike. What, what what do you got? I mean, we all know we we all live in Catherine's That's shadow right. when it comes to the one-liners. But what do you true. got? I I have. <clears throat> I'm pro Charlton Charleston Heston. I'm pro the llamas. Char- Charleston? Charleston. What's his name? <laughs> <in> the dance. <laughs> Char- Charleston is a city in Charlton. South Carolina. Uh, Char- Charlton. That's what I yeah. meant. That's what I meant, guys. Yeah, yeah, of course. <clears throat> Charlton, Charlton, Maine, Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I'm very pro llamas. Um, oh I love the llamas. I had no idea. Um, <laughs> have known you for years. I've never really? heard llama like love. I've, yeah. I've had um, llama love. I have I love a llama obsession. Emperor's New Groove is one of my like. Oh well, ooh. of course. Of so course. hence the love of llamas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how I feel about this movie. I don't know if I'm pro this movie. Oh, okay. Undecided. Maybe our conversation will help you fall one way or the other. Maybe. Um, and all, all because it's kind of, again, this whole um, white view of... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, there's definitely it's, that. It's, it's, it's troubling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, troubling morals. Yeah. I um, You know. You know how I feel about the scene from Indiana Jones with the way they depicted Indians. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. So, yeah. I have similar... Issues. Oh, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same strain of, of awfulness for sure. But if you're going to be indecisive about your one line review, you should have asked my white man permission first before you did that. Just so you know in the future. I'm kidding, folks. Of course, we're poking fun. <laughs> Justin knows I never ask. No, you permission. just take. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to prison sometimes, Maybe. but mm, we'll see. Mm. Uh, Carolyn Nowrose, do uh-huh. you have a one-line review for Charlton Heston in Secret of the Incas? Yes, my one-line review is that Secret of the Incas is the midway point between Casablanca and Indiana Jones. Mm. Oh, food for thought there. Casablanca. Okay, okay. Rick's American meets Harry Steele's pants. Okay, okay. I could see that. I could see where you're coming from there. This is interesting. Uh, a, a sort of rogue abroad, if you will, mm-hmm. kind of stranded abroad. Right, exactly. Trying to help someone get out of the country or into another country. Okay, um, yes. Mm-hmm. And definitely giving us all of the prototypical Indiana Jones vibes. Definitely. And we are going to talk about it, of course. Real quick, one-line review for you. It would have been nice to have seen Charlton Heston in Peru sometime during the movie set in Peru. Yeah, that's all. Mm. Um, None but, of it was shot on location. Yeah, no, tons of it was shot tons on location. Tons of it was shot on location. But they just shot, they just send doubles down there. Guys, we're talking Secret of the Incas. So in the high Andes of Peru, you guys, where much of this picture was filmed, total brag by the film crew, by the way, mm-hmm. the descendants of the Inca have searched for centuries for the symbol of their past glories, a fabulous golden disc encrusted with jewels. There are others who search, but so on and so forth. Uh, and then, you know, it scrolls up and, uh, but, uh, you know, they're not pure of heart, right? This is the whole point. And it doesn't, the, the riches, they don't really belong to the white man. But we're going to find out the hard way. So here we are, Peru, outside of Cusco, which I assume is in Peru. Did not do any checking on any of this. I think it is. Cusco yeah. in Peru. Okay. Because I know we're in an airplane at one point. We fly. We could have flown from Argentina to Peru. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, over the mountains, yes. Here's where we're at. It's a dusty dirt road. With some donkeys. (laughs) That has some donkeys and uh, burros, as I believe they're referred to in this motion picture film. And this road intersects with some train tracks on which rides this adorable little car. Never seen one of these before. But it's just like a a personal train that goes along these tracks. And this little car is filled with Charlton Heston and his tour group. He plays a sort of local, uh, a guide to local sites. He's not a local himself. He's he's an American 
who's living down there and showing the rich tourists around the various points of interest, uh, sleeping with their women and then getting paid for it at the end. It's kind of a dream, you know, it's a, what's the, Oh, sorry. I'm good. No, no, I was going to say, I got the impression he was kind of insinuating himself upon them. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, not just the women, but the the um, uh, the tour groups. Yes, because we see him right away. He he drops off his tour group in town at the international airport. He knows the guy, the, the airport clerk. Mm-hmm. There's one of them. Ah, oh, the days before 9-11 travel, you guys. It was so easy. You just come and go as you please. You know, just walk onto yeah. the plane, walk off the plane, get back on the plane. So easy. Those were the days. But he knows the guy who works at the airport, and he's like, hey, let me see that list of people coming in. You know, I'm like, okay, who looks white and rich on this list? Yeah, I'm going to get them and get them. And and as soon as somebody lands, a group lands, he just goes over to him, and he's like, oh, yeah, they told me I should come pick you up and show you around. And everybody's just like, well, we are down here in three-piece suits in Peru for fuck knows why. Sure, take us to a place. I don't know why we're here. And it is an intriguing question. Why would they be here? Mm. Was it a touristy thing at that point? It must have just been the beginnings of that, I would imagine. I was going to like, what was the mm, political, like, they were, I think they were a colony of one of the European countries, Spain. In the 50s? Yeah, or if, not. I have, no, I, I have no idea. Okay. I don't Peru? know. Should we do, Carolyn, can you... Yeah. Um, I'm so. Can you peruse Peru for us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, this I would have fire. Goddamn. This would have been at some point some colonial Spanish something, but um, you know, some inter empire travel between the mm-hmm. British. Yes. And, yes. Because um, the Caribbeans were still British colonies. So yes, and and French as well. Anyway, so we get we get a load of Charlton Heston, and he is where he is wearing Indiana Jones's uniform, like the the whole yeah. thing as we know it. He definitely set the scene. Mm, they yeah, declared, I mean this. They declared independence from Spain in 1821. Oh, okay, so it's been a minute. Okay, they've had some time to. They've had some time to be their thing. Yeah. Um, but we see here Charlton's got yeah he's got the battered brown fedora he has the dark brown leather jacket he's got the khaki pants and the boots he is uh, he's looking great it's a great look for all seasons doesn't matter what decade decade you're in you show up dressed like this I mean they might think it's Halloween but also you're gonna look kind of awesome so it's great and he is sleeping Temple of Doom style inside this little cart going on this track as he brings his people back into the civilized world, quote unquote. And we see this hottie right here who sort of wakes him up and is like, what are you going to do next? And it's clear that they've had some kind of <laughs> relationship. <laughs> yeah. Not a direct quote, Ding but it's, that's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That, that they've, they've spent some quality time together on their adventures. <laughs> they've had their own expedition, so to speak, south of the equator. Hey, <laughs> Anyway, we go to town. Here it is, the International Aeropuerto Cusco, and it is massive. Now, it's basically a ranch house with uh, an obelisk outside of it that has wings on it. Oh, and also, we saw a uh, big old, old-timey red Sanford and Son truck pull up at the same borough intersection that Harry Steele, our adventuring hero, found himself at, shooing burrows away from. And inside that truck is a mysterious woman. 
who does not seem to be from the area. But we're going to meet her shortly. So, yeah, we're at the airport. He drops off his tour. And then there's a weird goodbye between him and the woman who was traveling with him. And he's sort of like, I know it feels weird for you to to pay me, right? But also, don't. It's not. it's not that weird. So give me that money. Thanks for the nice time. South of the equator. Nice. <laughs> there are jungles. Yeah, right. And so we get that really kind of clues us into his MO. And again, it seems all right. I mean. He's a businessman. It's a living, it's right? Cold, cold hard cash is that's, the only currency. That's right. Or is and it? He is unscrupulous. Yes, he certainly is without scruples. He also has, he talks about how most men don't like taking money from women, but it's the best kind. It's the hardest to get. All right. It smells the best. All right. He said something it's, about it smells the yeah, best. Yeah, it smells the yeah. best too. And she, he, he smooches her goodbye and her world is rocked as she hops on that plane. Somebody get her a seat quickly. <laughs> so, yeah. she. <laughs> so so they leave and he, he goes to see the flight manager to get the tourism info on the, the latest uh, yokels coming down to have an adventure. And he keeps asking about if there are any private planes that are going to be landing, have you heard about any private planes coming this way? And the guy is sort of like, you know, you keep asking me about this, but why, why would you ask me about it, Harry? Harry, why would you do it? And he's like, well, you know, if one comes in, I'm just going to steal it. Mm. So we also right away get a sense that maybe he is not long for Cusco. Maybe he wants to get out of here. Maybe he's stuck in some kind of compromised position. I don't know yet. Anyway, so he picks out some Americans and he lies to become their guide. And the lady who is traveling with them is very much into it. And she exclaims, you're a big one. Mm, you're a big one. <laughs> and then and she tells also, her husband to go take a nap. Oh, my God. She really does. Darling, I think you'd better take a nap when we get to the hotel. Long nap. <laughs> that was outrageous. And the husband is clueless. He has no idea what's going on. Or if he does, he's just sort of given up. He's like, yeah, this is what she does now. This is what I do. I nap and I let her do what she wants to do. And what she likes to do is go slow and easy, she specifies, uh, which is exactly like you, how you have to travel when you're at altitude, as we find out uh, very quickly. When you're at altitude, like you are at Cusco or Machu Picchu, uh, your body behaves in different ways. So you have to be careful about your breathing and how you're traveling. And also, clue for the future, how much you're drinking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So she is really into him and they go to the hotel and she tells her husband, Carolyn, like you said, go take a nap uh, while she goes and cracks one out. Good for her. And I, that's, I read between the lines. I'm right. sorry. That's not in the text. That's subtext purely. Sorry. But I mean, come on. Right. Unless it was does. implied. Yeah. yeah. Going shopping. I mean, come on. <laughs> What's going on? So at this point, Harry goes to a seedy pool hall and we meet a shady man who needs to find a Hungarian girl. Does he say Hungarian? I believe he does. Oh, here's, here's Harry sniffing this money. This lady money. And we see him walking to this pool hall like this is, number one, a great CD set that he's on, nice and dirty. And he looks awesome in it. And I don't know, he's just winning all the things. You might want to leave here, but maybe he should stay here because he looks fucking great while he's here. 
So we go to this pool hall and we meet Ed Morgan, who is a older portly fellow running the pool table. And he's sort of, we get the sense right away that he's in charge of the shadier dealings happening in Cusco. He's a white man. We should also add he's not local. And he's, there's some sort of Eastern European woman that has hit his radar that he needs to find. And that's not all. You guys, that's only scheme number one for Ed Morgan. And there's something else there. Apparently there was an archeological expedition out at the site of Machu Picchu. And they have discovered what appears to be some kind of stone carved map that is at the local museum of archeological artifacts. And there's only one thing though. There's a corner missing from this map. If only these two pieces could be joined together, they could perhaps solve the mystery of where the golden disc mentioned in our opening credit sequence exists today. You guys, it sounds like we got ourselves a movie. There's a movie on our hands right now. There's a map. There's, there's a, a map. Treasure. There's a treasure. There's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got... We mysteries got a, upon mysteries. Airplanes, jungles, yes. burros, all kinds of things are happening. Llamas. Llamas. <laughs> Alpacas. <laughs> Whoa. That alpaca and, herder and jungle came, from, covered. came from Brooklyn. <laughs> and and jungle-covered uh, ruins from, you know, pre-colonial civilizations. Yeah. So... Harry leaves in mystery, and Ed Morgan sends a guy after him to kill him. Mm. So this is curious. So Harry's already, he's in the mix here, is what we learn through this little transaction. So he sort of plays dumb with Ed Morgan. He's like, oh, really? Stone Corner? Interesting, interesting. So he is he is followed back to his quarters. Uh, I'm assuming it's a hotel or something like that, some kind of hostel or whatever. He is followed by a man who has a rifle and takes up a post across the street and he takes a shot at him, but he misses. There's this guy just looking cool as shit. Uh, this man here who is again, wearing a full suit and also <laughs> a Hamburg hat for some reason he is in Cusco. Um, but he's got the suitcase with a rifle in it, follows him back, takes his shot at the hotel, misses Harry Steele does not like being attempted assassinated. And he <laughs> looks out the window. I mean, he does what a clever guy would do. Like, where where did that bullet come from? Like, well, obviously across the street down there, that little balding man. Okay. Go, runs downstairs across the street and beats this guy up, basically. Oh, yeah. He throws a bunch of water on this guy to get some answers. And basically the guy loses all of his money and then gets his rifle broken. So he's, it's kind of sad in this little man. But why was he loses. trying to kill him? I feel like I may have. Well, so the, remember. the, the idea is that Ed Morgan, the old pool shark, he, he mentions this piece of stone yeah. to Harry thinking that maybe Harry would have, you know, mm. did you come across this? You know anything about this guy? Share some information. And he's like, no, 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 I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about it. So he's assuming that that's a signal of like, oh, well, he obviously knows. He he must have it, most likely. So, so his I'm, solution is kill the guy? I'm going to kill him and just take that stone, and then I get all the riches. Now, meanwhile, Harry Steele is giving a tour of beautiful downtown Cusco, 
and he takes his group that he has pirated away from the actual tour guide. Uh, I'm sure they were anticipating. And he takes them to the archaeology museum. Interesting. Weren't we just talking about the archaeology museum? So, mm-hmm. But this thing, two birds with, with, with one corner of a stone, if you will. God damn, I'm good. Um, so he quickly, as any good tour guide would do, he ditches them with a, with a proctor from the museum. Uh, um, what do we what do we call them? Are they proctors? The museum uh, docents. Docent. Docents. Something like else. A what? A docent. Docent. Yeah. Docent. Do you want me to Google that for you? Yeah. A museum what do you guide? Call it? Is it not just a museum guide? An art sommelier. Oh, <laughs> oh I like that. That's right? good. Yeah. Sommelier. Right. This painting has a very rich velveteen nose to it. I don't know. Yeah. You know I mean? oh, You're I'm talking about the details of the... Um, so he's like... <laughs> Well, to be fair, I wouldn't mind sniffing some artifacts, but you know, yeah. a bit weird like that. A museum docent, docent. <clears throat> is a title given in the United States of America to people who serve as guides and educators for the institution they serve, usually as a volunteer, quote unquote, unpaid position. I think we would just call that a volunteer or a guide. I see. Well, I just this said guy- it is a title given in the United States of America. Right. Why, why to, does it have a separate title? Because they needed to make people feel special. Well, and because it's good. Not, I guess that's why I've never. Because you're that. not a curator. You're curating nothing. You're just walking people through the curation. Yeah, you're a guide. Yeah. But you're, therefore, you're you are guide. volunteering you're your knowledge. Although I don't know if there's docent training or docent. You, you. Well, they better not be. They pay you. Whether or not there's training, <laughs> docent matter. You guys. What we need to do is focus on the fact that this is. Oof. In many cases, Senior Fernandez respects Senior Fernandez. Sorry, Carol. In many cases, docents also conduct research utilizing the institution's Mm. facilities. The title docent is not widely used outside the United States in English languages, with the terms guide, facilitator, or educator preferred. Okay. Well. So they have to know some they have to know some shit about what they're talking about. Right. Okay. Okay. And they sometimes walk around with a little flag that you can follow, right? Yeah, probably. So you know where they're at? Right. Anyway, this is uh, Senor Fernandez, though. (laughs) And it makes me feel like he is no docent. He may actually have curated this Mm. Yeah, I think he's a curator. I think he's the real deal. I mean, because Harry Steele does not call just anybody senior anything, right? So the fact that Senor Fernandez does get that treatment says something. So anyway, he offloads his tour group onto Senor Fernandez. And he's like, give him the number three treatment, you know, and, and he goes off and does that very thing. I assume he's being paid handsomely by, by Harry Steele. Um, but he does this so he can go sneak around the museum himself. Interesting. Why would he want to do that? And while he's sneaking, he finds the stone map uncovered by the expedition. These are just beautiful shots of Cusco and their museum, of course. Mm-hmm. So these are real, like that's all real. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. School. Yep. Okay. So, and then they would probably see in this case, what's but interesting is that this, him, this it? looks re- it's okay. So this is weird because this looks like what we're looking at right now is a picture of them outside the museum in Cusco. And he is standing in front of his group, Charlton Heston, and he is pointing at the building. This does not look like a blue screen to me or a mat or anything like that. This no. looks like he is, on location, mm-hmm. 
But it's weird to me. Why would you go all the way fucking down there and not take him up to the ruins? Yeah, maybe he doesn't do camping. Maybe maybe he's a glamper only. Mm. Maybe he had like back problems. Are you bringing me an inflatable air mattress? Because otherwise I'm not going. Is it James Mason here? No, James Mason's more like this. a bit more velveteen. <laughs> Charlton Heston's more like this. Really? Yeah. Okay, that, that yeah. just sounds like Michael Wincott. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, Michael Wincott's never done on here. Robin of the Hood. You've ought to die a coward. Very subtle nuances. So says me, Charlton Heston. What's his name? <laughs> Even the dog's he laughing. It's like the dog's laughing. What did he say? My name is Charleston Heston. Charleston? <laughs> no. Charlton. Charlton. Carlton. Like Carlton with an H. Yeah. Yes. Carlton from Fresh Prince with an H. <laughs> Charlton. He does the Charlton, Charlton, but it's a different type of dance. <laughs> Charlton. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so it's just odd to me that he would actually be... All the way in goddamn South America, and you don't go up to see Machu Picchu. It's crazy. But maybe that's also a really made just a good body, like stunt double. Nah. This is a, his face. That doesn't Actual. look like. Look at those teeth. It is. That's him. But he doesn't have such rabbity teeth. Uh, I know uh, his. I know his teeth are a little different. But they're a little. He's got a little gap in his, his front front guys. That's him because he's also talking. He's he's. Ex- I'm explaining to you what this building is behind me. That, I guess, shall remain a mystery, Justin, <laughs> that we will uh, not solve in this episode. It's, it's, it's curious because, I mean, you're going to fly him all the way down there. Right. Maybe he, hmm, maybe he was going down there anyway or something like that. He was a movie star. So maybe he's like, oh, yeah, I'll spend a week down and, you know, whatever. We can shoot whatever we want. Maybe they didn't get around to it. They ran out of time, mm. money, weather. Who knows? I suspect he was like. Hike up there. I'm sorry. How how long? How far do you need me to go? No. I don't think so. Send that. Yeah, he's about my size. Put the hat on. Send him up there. Hey, everybody. Midroll Jay-Z here, breaking in to remind you about some of our incredible products, including, but not limited to, our Patreon page. That's right. We call it the Boom Room. You can go to patreon.com. Just do a search for us, Old Movie Time Machine, The Boom Room. We would love to have you. There's plenty of room over at The Boom Room on Patreon and listen to double the content. I mean, this episode that you're hearing right now is actually over, I think, two hours long and has an extensive conversation about the Elgin Marbles found at the British Museum in London. So you don't want to miss it. Join us there. Two bucks a month. Patreon, The Boom Room. The link is as ever in the show notes. And if you do, I'm going to thank you just like I will right now. Thank you. And now back to the show. We have to meet the archaeological team piloted by Dr. Moorhead, of course, who is a sort of drab, uh, but still put together man of science. And he informed. He reminded me so much of um, what's his butt in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Not I'm not kidding. Belloc. No, Belloc, yeah. Oh, you are talking Belloc. Dr. Yeah. Moorhead? Oh, okay, okay, because... Yeah, yeah, He just kind of had that, like... He's like a shitty Belloc, charm. though. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he, but he was handsome. 
Yeah, but he wasn't uh, dangerous and cutthroat. He was very by by no, the he book. He wasn't. He wasn't a villain. Yeah, but you know, does that make sense? Like, he just, yeah. just kind of had that same kind of feel, look and feel. I, I guess so. I just Belloc's so much more charming. You know, he's such a much more dimensional character. Doctor Moorhead is a very felt very cardboard yeah. cut out. Um, science man here and uh, welcome to my uh, archaeological dig and we're very excited about all the things we're learning. The end. Uh, yeah, Dr. I Moorhead. think Belloc is, certainly could give um, Dr. Jones a run for his money. Um, well, all right. Agree to disagree. I mean, there's good guys <laughs> and bad guys. You know, I'm, I'm... I, you know I love a good villain. <laughs> yes. You know, you could warn them if only you spoke Ovito, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Anybody? All right. right. So what we learn from the archaeological dig is that, guys, we have cracked open a fresh tomb of a very high priestess. And we think, and which is a big deal in itself. And that's why everybody's kind of celebrating right now and putting on uh, this song and dance routine. But we think that also in the same tomb might be the ancient king that we worship so highly uh, of legend and possibly his major sun disc the star uh, sunburst if you will the gold i'm talking about the gold the treasure the treasure that's the ticket and so we are going into that tomb pretty quickly here but first a musical interlude from ima sumac as cora tika no, cora tika yeah so again a lot of singing a lot of stock footage of the locals dancing on the site getting cut in and meanwhile we have this sort of Half of a movie kind of limping along and Elena is taken away by the natives and is taken to a special like bath place. Uh, Who else is intrigued by this stand up bath business? I think this is an interesting. Do we feel like this was actually used as a bath in the times that was built or are they? Who knows? Reusing this as like, well, there's water in here and... Well, the the uh, Inca were like masters of disguise irrigation. Oh, irrigation. Yeah, that's true. And they presumably lived up there as well. So I'm sure they had mm-hmm. to bathe at some mm-hmm. point, right? This is. I'm not getting any cleaner over here without a, a bath in the the temple waters. But also, it's a great time for peeping. And uh, Harry Steele just mm-hmm. kind of like breezes by the window and is like, "Hi, I'm out here. Hi, it's me." Charleston Heston, and I'm <laughs> watching you take a bath. Uh-huh. And it's me, James Mason. I'm also out here as well. <laughs> and don't forget about me, Michael Wincott. <laughs> I'm also peeping on you. Why don't you add Alfred into the mix? <laughs> because Alfred's off the menu. We know Alfred's off the menu. <laughs> I should like to peep as well. I'm sure you would. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> Anyway, Harry has a great time with his peeping, and he's just like, I'm out here. You're showing it to the world, kiddo. But uh, yeah, so we then listen to some more singing from Ima Sumik. And at, while the singing and dancing is going on, Harry uh, sneaks his way into the tomb. And amongst the various grave goods sort of littered about, he finds himself this golden disc of a sort, not the magical starburst disc that we're, or sunburst disc that we're looking for, but a smaller disc of gold. And he matches it up with one of the circles that we saw on the piece of the stone map that was found. Mm-hmm. 
and he's very clever. This I don't guy. understand how this even ma- whatever matches. How up. like how would he know to look for this particular reflective disc amongst the grave goods? Like it's very he's reading a lot into this piece of stone with three carvings on it. Is what I would say. But he succeeds, whatever. It gets us to the next plot point, you guys. So he's got this, tucks it into his pocket, and then uh, fucks right on uh, out of there. And things continue apace. The next day, uh, more locals show up, and they're getting ready to open the ancient king's tomb. And I keep seeing ancient king. I can't remember the king's name. Did anybody catch the name? I forget. Uh, But I respect the culture and people, of course, of Peru. Uh, but there's a king, king's tomb, and they are there for the opening of it. Everybody, this is where the colonialism really seeps in because everybody's fine with the white men breaking into their sacred king's tomb. Uh, in fact, they're coming from miles around to watch it done. They also are not participating in the excavation or supervising in much of a way other than carrying things for them. So they're paying, they're playing a very passive and uh, rather unrealistic role here in the pillaging of their culture, <laughs> but they show up as is expected. Of them. Yeah. Right. Right. And we, again, we get this beautiful footage of Machu Picchu in the 1950s. It's fucking amazing. Mm, it looks great. great. We finally break into the King's tomb and here it is in all of its uh, tombish glory. And it is a real doom tomb here. Very dark, very cobwebby and dusty. They poke their way around and the team looks above what appears to be a statue of the king or the king's mummy itself. And they see a sunburst carved into the stone. And they're like, this must be the sunburst that everybody's talking about. It's carved into stone. It's not gold. Sorry, guys, it's not gold. Sorry about that. It's okay. just a picture. It's not the real deal. But because we're archaeologists, not medical doctors, but archaeologists, we respect this as a, a bit of antiquity that meant something to this place and these people at the time. So in a way, is is that not knowledge? And is not, knowledge not its own form of golden sunburst? Huh? Everybody? Not treasure. Mm. Mm. Show me the money, Justin. Yeah. Well, isn't right. that the thing Show that's driving cash, all of this, Shrishi Boo? But you know who's on to the, the mystery here? Harry Steele, of course. Mm. He understands what's going yeah. on right away. So everybody, everybody's happy about the king's tomb being found and opened and pillaged, ransacked, if you will, in front of their very eyes. But you know who else showed up with the, lo- the locals for miles around? Ed Morgan. Local mm. dirtbag, mm. shady man doing shady business. And he shows up and he's like, hey, Harry Steele, it's me, your old nemesis, Ed Morgan. You thought you lost me, but the old man's got a few tricks up his sleeve. And I also know where Machu Picchu is. And so here I am. Now, I also know where you keep your gun. And I have taken it when you weren't looking and I'm holding it <laughs> against you. And now please give me that piece of rock I asked for uh, a few days ago. And he's like, yeah, sure. Here, here's this piece of rock. Uh, Do what you will with it. You try to figure it out. It's three circles and a couple of lines. Figure it out, Ed Morgan. And Ed Morgan's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all about this. But also, what do you think it is? (laughs) What do you you think this means? And Harry plays, he's pretty... He's pretty cagey about it all. Of course, he doesn't want to share his information. It's been his way the entire film. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. But uh, you've got it now, so... Yeah, Whatever, bye. who cares? And so later on, while they are 
while Ed Morgan snoozes away in their little camp. And they make up a whole backstory for why Ed Morgan is there. And he's like, look, you're going to have to normalize this for your buddies, your archaeology buddies and the, and the locals, because uh, I'm Ed Morgan and I'm here. And uh, they're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with me. Um, you're going to have to host me, basically. So while Ed Morgan is snoozing away on his cot, or is he? Harry gets up and he sneaks his way into the king's tomb. And he knows what the deal is with the stone sunburst. It's got a bit of reflective quartz in the middle of it. And so I'm assuming since Ed Morgan is sleeping, this is moonlight, I guess, that's drifting into the king's tomb, mm. reflecting moon off energies. moon energies. What did I say? You're a moon child. You're a moon child. You're very much uh, influenced by some the Some ray of light is shining onto something to reveal something a ray of moonlight mm -hmm. if you will and it's reflecting off the block of quartz in the stone sunburst bouncing off of a spot on the wall which happens to match up with the size of the golden disc harry pillaged earlier he lines that disc up and oh my goodness before you can you can even say the the well of the souls he has figured out by reflecting light where exactly this magical treasure is. The secret. This was totally taken by Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Although they made it a little more sophisticated. They make it cooler. They... In terms of the, certainly the height would be an issue. Oh, there's That's a whole height. Taken How many around. kadams high exactly. before you and attach the, the capstone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, you know it. You've and got the time of the day Catherine or always the night. Flip the capstone over so you can read the other part of the message. Mm -hmm. So you can take back one Kadam in honor of the god whose place treasure this is. You know, mm -hmm. if I've said it once, I've said it a million yeah. times, you guys. Yeah. Anyway. Always take out one Kadam. Adventuring always, exactly. one. <laughs> yeah, right. Always go back one Kadam. If you figured out how many Kadams, take it down by one. Who is Kadam? It's a, it's a measurement. It's a form of measurement. Uh, he says, uh, as if he actually knew that. Uh, that's just what I'm led to believe through context of it's watching. It's a Hindi of word for step. A kadam. Okay, oh, okay. okay. Well, let's look at you contributing to the conversation. So it's some kind of holy step. step. Some, so I guess uh, each step is okay. Is that from? I don't remember. This is from Raiders Maybe. of the Lost okay. Ark. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I'll I'll perform the entire thing after we record. I'm sure you will. I will do sound of music for you after. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> Doe, a deer, a thing. Okay, okay. We have to finish this. So anyway, he follows the beam of light, reflecting off of the golden disc, reflecting off of the piece of quartz, reflecting off of the good goddamn moon, everybody. And he finds it, this golden disc hidden behind a stone in the corner of the king's tomb. And he whips that stone right out of there like it might not actually be made of stone. And there it is revealed in all of its glory, a pizza-sized disc of gold. Encrusted with jewels, gems, precious stones, and of course, diamonds. Uh, actually, I don't know about the diamonds part. It's just fun to say diamonds instead of diamonds. <laughs> but who should be following him? Ed fucking Morgan was fake sleeping. He was oh. fake snoring. Oh, don't you just hate that? Which would have been a great reveal of surprise, except we saw that. <laughs> As Harry was leaving, that he was actually fake snoring. Uh, so it doesn't really pay off. We knew he was going to follow. We see, we see him follow him. So we know he's going to show up. And show up he does. Let's not forget that Ed Morgan controls the gun at this point. He's got six metal votes, also known as bullets. 
and they're all voting for him. So he says, give me that gold pizza. I shall take that. Thank you very much. And what can Harry do but hand it over? And he certainly does. Oh, so while he is taking the golden disc from Harry, uh, Pachacutin shows up and he interrupts this transaction. And he, Pachacutin, goes to alert the rest of the expedition. Hey, they're stealing all of our shit, everybody. Like, wake up. We got to take care of this. And so things get crazy for about a minute and a half where there's a lot of shouting and uh, running around uh, Machu Picchu. And Ed Morgan makes his way down the mountainside, basically, clutching this large piece of what I imagine would be very heavy gold that does not seem so heavy in this movie. But hey, hey, uh, it's details, right? Uh, what, what do I know? Uh, I'm, not a, I'm neither a medical doctor or archaeologist, so um, I'm not the one or metallurgist for that matter. Uh, I know very little about this. They, uh, Harry chases Ed Morgan down the mountain and finally, somehow, he knows a shortcut or something, cuts him off at the pass, right? As we've heard people will do from time to time. And Ed Morgan knows he's, he's pretty winded at this point because, again, you guys, what's that secret ingredient? Altitude. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? The altitude has caught up with me. I'm an old, sweaty man. If I'm wearing a hat, it's the greasiest hat in the area. Ew. And <laughs> that's for you, Catherine. <laughs> and all right, you got me. Well, hand it over, buddy. Hand hand me the disc. And he's like, okay, okay. But what if we split it, you know, 50-50 like or whatever. We could, we could, there's enough here for both of us. And he's like, yeah, but, but Ed, you wanted it all, buddy. You played all or nothing. And while they're kind of wrestling over the golden disc, oops, Ed Morgan kind of falls and uh, dies. He falls to his death. That's right. He falls down the mountainside at Machu Picchu and he dies. But not before leaving one final cautionary message for Harry, which is, you know, time catches up with you, Harry. I'm an old shitty man now, but at one point I was just like you. I was tall and handsome and I could adventure with the best of them. And just know that gravity is going to catch up with you too one day, Harry. Hey, he gave back the sun disc. Well, yeah. yeah so he, he just grew a conscience in this about is the like thing. five minutes. So Ed Morgan's last message of gravity is going to catch up with all of us and you're going to be shitty and old just like me with a stinky hat. Uh, one day, Harry, uh, Harry Steele. I keep wanting to say Harry Styles, but that's that's no, a that's pop, totally pop singer. That's, yeah, yeah. Harry Steele. Not quite so adventurous. And so he has a moment of reflection in the golden sun disc. And he's like, oh, okay. And he takes it back to the expedition and hands it back to the white men where it belongs. And... There's the very depressing scene where Pachacutin is like, uh, with your permission, uh, white colonizers, may I please take my people's sun disc back to the temple? And they're like, yes, Pachacutin. And they kind of pat him on the head and they send him on his way, uh, never to be seen or heard from again. And Harry's sort of like, you know, when I didn't actually steal this, I just chased the guy who did. And uh, here you go. So have it back and all's well that ends well. And the end. So concludes Secrets of the Incas, if you can believe it. <laughs> and of course, there's more singing from uh, Ima Sumac, of course, as they restore the golden sunburst mm. to its rightful place in the Sun Temple. And it is quite something to behold. So good things and bad things all around Secret of the Incas. At this point, though, I have to ask a very vital question. As promised, Catherine Sherlock, mm. Secret of the Incas. Mm. 
Charleston Heston, 1954. It's Charlton, Justin. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Finally got it right. But do we keep watching this thing? Hmm. Yeah, I've gone with, yeah. For me, it's like a solid Sunday afternoon kind of viewing type okay. thing. Falling asleep to after okay. a good roast. Now you, and you like yourself a good Jones movie, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so this yeah. is, it's not too big a leap, right? To go no, from no. those to this? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the, these kind of old, I consider this an epic kind of thing. And yet it's a very quaint epic. I don't mm-hmm. know what makes it... It should be more grandiose, right? Mm. You would think with the spectacular vistas. Again, I can't yeah. keep coming back to it. We're on site here. And yet every time we cut back to those fake plants and the fake tombs and all that stuff, I mean, it's just, <laughs> the shit gets real small. But okay, so you're into this. Yeah. It's a yes from you. Yes. Wow, I love it. Shushma Nike, Secret of the Incas. Do we keep watching this thing? For me, it's a no. It's a no from you. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, so I watched it. I tried to watch it the first time. I fell asleep. So then Fair. I had to watch it the second time. Okay. So usually like um, outside of the whitewashing of the movie, yeah. if the story is interesting enough, like I'll watch it. But I just didn't find it interesting. So I Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll just stick with the Indiana Jones movies. Okay. You like those movies? Temple, Doom, Temple of Doom and all. You like... Well, I mean, aside from the, the racism mm-hmm, of Temple right. of Doom, yeah. You know, I love the Indiana Jones movies. Okay. Yeah, I'm a big, like, I enjoy watching okay. all of them. Well, so maybe this is, again, we come at, to the same yeah, conversation of, like, it's like the Marvel, yeah. you know, Marvel does it and really And you know well. how I feel about all of those movies, like, I'm a, you know, I'll watch, I've watched each one of those, like, a hundred times. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in the indie movies, the first three anyway, right. the trilogy, uh, those like I said, I watched two of them recently. Mm. Those hold up. I think yeah. they're still I've watched, good. I've still watched. Yeah, I've, yeah. I think I've they watched really maybe yeah. not in the recent times, but um, I can say that I've re- like watched them as an adult, like you know, in the last yeah. five to six years. Yeah, and I've always enjoyed watching them. Like, I had no problem with. It's those. another case of yeah. it's so crazy, but you know, Raiders is over forty years old at this exactly, point yeah. and continues to be the best version of this type of movie. Yeah. To this day, I mean, it's amazing that it just still holds up. That forty years ain't nothing, yeah. you know. That's a long yeah. time. Uh, I did not know Harrison Ford was married to this chick who was in the show called Ali McBeal. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Callista. Yeah, you didn't, know, didn't that? know that. Mm-hmm. There's some controversy at the time because of the age difference. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. she was at her peak of popularity and hotness. I think when mm-hmm. they got together, I. I would get together with Harrison Ford mm-hmm. now. Who Absolutely. cares about the age difference? Mm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> hey, Carolyn, by the way. Yeah. Secret of the Incas? We keep watching this thing? Yes. Okay. But why? <laughs> well, Trishma wants I... to know. <laughs> okay, so I have discovered on our journey of films from this time period that I do not enjoy the space age things. Oh, okay. Sorry. I apologize. So Destination Moon, Invaders from Mars, these were not for you. Oh my God, no. Those are not for me. I do not like them. I can't wait Um, wait till we watch Gog, by the way. (laughs) Just to put that little bug in your ear. Okay, continue. I like a good uh, drama or epic adventure or something like that. I just, um, 
you know, there was no fancy car chases in this. Mm-hmm. Or the most we had was the uh, plane, which was very short lived. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the action adventure things that we kind of recognize from Indiana Jones mm-hmm. later, um, not really in this film. It's not really an action film very mm-hmm. much, but it still gives us like the basis for that kind of character and um, flimsy ancient mystery, but still. Mm. It, it it's a basis. It's a foundational yeah. piece. Yep. Okay. So it's a wait. It's a yes from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yes from you. Okay. Okay. So I just spaced out real quick. I've- I thought you just you looked at Shreshma, so I was like, I mean, hers was a no. I'm confused. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. And for me, you guys. Oh, I'm sure it's a yes. Hell yes. <laughs> it's a hell yes. Uh, yeah, of course. I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a great film by any shakes. No, but I no. do think it is a really good example of this type of film. A surprisingly good example in that it is only very mildly offensive. I think mm, that's it, true. It could that's be. True. It has been so much worse. And Catherine, like you say, real Peruvians, most mm. likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, at least a majority of them. Maybe they snuck in a couple extras or something like that. But I, it feels like. Like I was saying, this seems uh, documentarian almost. And I think that actually might lend a bit more weight to this as a movie in that you're seeing, you know, footage of uh, local customs and um, ancestral tribal dances and song and things like this. I mean, there's probably some historic value to that. And they didn't caricaturize it. Too much. No, I not do, too, not too badly. They yeah. they have a and they even had opportunities to do, to do so, so. Yeah. and mm. they didn't do it. Mm. It was treated with as much respect as I think we can count on from this era, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still close, you know? Mm. I feel, may I change my decision? Mm-hmm. Only because in the past, when it came to the sci-fi movies, yeah. I gave them a pass because they set the tone for the genre. Right. I feel like I should give this one a pass because it does the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and okay, that's fair. And I think you know this is not the first of these kind of movies, okay. but this is the one that clearly, like, we recognize all, all of the of beats that. in yeah, this. You know, it's true. It yeah, really um, synthesizes all the twenty years of serial movies, and yeah. uh, you know that that involved a lot right. of this type of adventure into something that is pretty close. To, I mean, it's almost an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's not. Yeah. But it's close. But it could be. It's about it as close a, as you can yeah, get. For sure. I would believe it if this was uh, like the origin story of Indiana Jones yeah. and these were his parents. Yes. Yeah. I, actually, I could actually see this being remade uh, with him as the lead, basically. You yeah. know, just swap out Harry Steele, this guy. But that being said, uh, Charlton Heston, not not really one of my guys necessarily, but I like him in this movie. I think he does this part really well. And I could see why you got to have a Harrison Ford to do it uh, later on. I mean, it takes a certain type of guy to be this type of roguish figure where it's like, he's an asshole, but like, I don't uh, dislike him. And with that business sorted, you guys, we are done with Secret of the Incas. Mm. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Again, it's new. Can we have some of those vocals? Now, let's talk about what we're doing next week, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Catherine, it's almost over. 
So you guys, we have Let's had... Let's do Indiana Jones. Have, <laughs> I would love it. You know it. So you guys, we have done Space at Home and Abroad. We have done a bit of adventure. It's time for us to ease our way into the holiday season. It's that time of year. And so it's happy holidays here at Old Movie Time Machine. Shrishma, you're not ready? You're not done with your shopping? No. No. God, I haven't even started. I'm dreaming of a wild Christmas. Ah, cool your jets there, sister. Yeah, white Just Christmas is coming. It's it's on the menu for sure. But we're gonna. Shouldn't it already be snowing here. No. It's too don't, warm. Don't yeah, even, we, we are having a... We, it's unseasonably. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy it. Just wondering. It'll go yeah. away. So. I mean, this time last year, it was like minus eight, yeah. and now it's plus eight. It's okay. weird. I'll be quiet. So we're going to start the season. It's not a full-on Christmas movie, but there's Christmas in it, and it just, for me, it's a personal favorite, and it's, it's a very autumnal into winter movie. I'm talking about 1955's All That Heaven Allows. This is um, a Douglas Cirque movie starring two of our favorites, Jane Wyman and Rock Hudson. Let me give you the lowdown. An upper-class widow falls in love with a much younger, down-to-earth nursery man, much to the disapproval of her children and criticism of her country club peers. So we're back in the realm of melodrama, but this is the ultimate melodrama. This is the one, if you're going to take one, This would be the one, most likely. I don't know. Uh, Maybe we reject it next week. Who knows? It's been a minute since I've seen it, but it is also really great. So all that heaven allows is your homework. And that's it from us for this week. So great job, you guys. Thank you so much. Here, over to me in the future. Take it away, guy. Thank you, me from the past. High five to all you guys across time. Well done. That's right. This is the end of Secret of the Incas and the beginning of a new adventure that we will be starting next Wednesday, of course. If you have any questions, comments, or otherwise, please email us at partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. Next week is, of course, 1955's All That Heaven Allows. It is available, you guys. Uh, I can't find an exact streaming site for you to go visit, but please use all of your best detective knowledge. Go to the internet and type in All That Heaven Allows, streaming 1955. It's out there somewhere. You can find it. Uh, Use your resources. Uh, Buy yourself a a Blu-ray. Or heck, even a DVD. I bet you there's some bonus features on there. But please, whatever you do, watch All That Heaven Allows and then catch up with us next Wednesday when we will discuss that very film. And until next time, please remember, oh, never forget, this has been Old Movie Time Machine.